You're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. We have one of my favorite actors in the studio today. You've seen Sam Rockwell in films like The Green Mile, Galaxy Quest, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and Moon. This year, he stars in Martin McDonough's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and he delivers perhaps his finest performance to date. He's sitting right here, but before I bring him in, let me also remind everyone, stick around after our chat for some shop talk on the upcoming Oscar season between myself and our old friend Janelle Riley. Sam Rockwell, thanks for coming Dude, on the show, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Again, you are one of my favorite actors. I'm not thanks, just shining man. you on because you're sitting in front of thanks, me. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. I really <laughs> I, I, appreciate I, it. And, and I'm going to just kind of back into this. We'll get to three billboards, but I've got yeah. like just a list of stuff I'd yeah, like to. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's talk about it. How often do you get asked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> well, <laughs> more than, maybe than you'd think. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good one. I mean, it's a, it's a good one in my... It's a good piece of history, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I, it's like I saw it when I was a kid, obviously, and then later on yeah. when I became a fan of yours, I'm like, holy crap, Sam Rockwell's in this movie. He plays like the, uh, what would you say, the, the kind of, yeah. uh, I don't know, like you're the guy who's like the new recruits for the Foot Clan coming yeah. in, and you're saying, hey, we can smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just like... I think Head Thug was the, was the and then Skeet Ulrich was my henchman. Remember Skeet Ulrich? Really? He was my he was henchman, yeah. And he was, a, he was a local North Carolina boy. Yeah, yeah. Asking me how to get an agent. We were in Wilmington. Now Atlanta is the new Wilmington. Totally. I'm from North you Carolina. Know. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, so you know the deal. Yeah, it's like they, they got rid of all their incentives. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. went away. So Atlanta the Wilmington used to be hopping. It used to be hopping. Yeah. You know, so that that's I was 19, went there, did it. I never heard. It went to the audition. I didn't know. Teenage Mutant, what? You know? <laughs> and... uh but it was uh, it was cool, man. It was it was it was fun. It was fun to do. And I met one of my good friends on that. He he played Donatello, a guy named Leif Tilden. Yeah. And Josh Pice was one of the turtles. I don't know if you know the actor Josh yeah, Pice. Yeah. He's he's great. He was in Safe Man, and he was one of the turtles. Yeah. It was a day <laughs> job for those guys. It's uh you know again interesting footnote in your career right? Yeah. Do you, yeah. do, you do you revisit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I, I do not because <laughs> I cringe because my voice is really high for some reason <laughs> in that. Well, you were nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I was nineteen. Uh, fun, another funny thing, I had Willem Dafoe in that chair last week. Oh yeah, and you yeah. guys, had, you, you had a scene sleeper. in Light Sleeper. Yeah, just well, saw him, William. Yeah, what's Paul, Paul Schrader like to work with? He's awesome, man. He well, we were joking. I just saw it. Um, Defoe, and we were talking about the stu- this crazy, stupid jacket I had on um, that was really loud. It looked like it had batteries in it, and it was like a Michael Jackson kind <laughs> yeah, of like. I just watched the scene again last night. Yeah, and you know, Schrader insisted I wear this jacket, which completely upstaged me. But <laughs> it was kind of great. It kind of gave me the character. But I was I was sort of self conscious about it. I think we were joking about that jacket. Yeah. Have you seen his new film, by the way? First Reformed. No, really I, good. I, Ethan's in it, right? Ethan Hawke, yeah. I heard it's sort of a sequel to Taxi Driver. Is that true? No. No. No, it's not. Okay. No, it's, uh, but it's definitely like, it's everything Paul Schrader does in his films, like very potent in one movie, basically. Yeah. It's like the most potent Paul Schrader movie that yeah, we've yeah. seen. It's really good. Loneliness. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to kind of talk about <clears throat> yeah. early on, uh, when did you and John Favreau get together first because oh, was that man. like in the early 90s or something when you guys were actors on the scene because you, you had the small role in Maid which I love yeah and you've obviously worked on Iron Man 2 and potentially were going to be cast as Iron Man yeah and you that's a good Mike question Cowboys actually that's a very good question um, 
You know, there were a couple of things that happened. Is is uh, well, he was an L.A. man. He was a West Coast guy. Him and Vince made their bones in in L.A. I couldn't survive L.A. as a as a struggling actor, so I had to go back to New York. And I, I is that I was, unique? Is it usually the other way around? Well, some people, you know, I say to actors, there's two L.A.s. There's L.A. when you're successful, which is fabulous, and then there's L.A. when you're not, and yeah. that's not a good L.A. So yeah. New York's a little easier. When you're down and out, it was back then. Yeah. You know, now it's more expensive. So, but you could you could get by. I had a really cheap sublet when I was studying acting and stuff. But I met I met Vincent and John at a. I saw I saw John somewhere, and then he invited me to this like running charades party when I met Vince. And I I was a big swingers fan, and I kind of uh, I sort of idolized Vince. I was sort of like in awe of him, his sort of charm. And, and Favaro, and I thought they were like just kind of amazing, and so I was um, I was very excited to be around those guys. And then you know he said, "Do you want to do this little cameo in, in May? You could play this thug, or you could play this bus, this bellhop." And I said, "Well, maybe I'll do the the bellhop, and I'll have I'll have more stuff with you guys, you know." And that was more fun. And then we became friends. And then down the line, my girlfriend uh, Leslie Bibb did Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And so when they were doing press for that, um, I remember we had a dinner in New York, and they didn't know. They were nervous. They didn't know the thing was going to be a huge hit, yeah, you know? So we had this dinner, and they were kind of nervous before it came out, you know? And it was Downey and me and, and Leslie and, and Fav. And then um, and then at one point, he had called me, uh, him and Peter Billingsley had called me uh, like a, a couple years earlier about Iron Man, maybe auditioning for Iron Man. And then that sort of went away. I think Downey screen tested and he was like, you know, amazing. And mm-hmm. he got, it. but, um, so then cut to like, we're, Favreau and I are doing G force. This is kind of a long explanation. No, it's fine. We were doing G force. And I said, you know, I was really frustrated because it was hard to do the animation. I said, can we get the actors in the room together? Cause I feel kind of stale here. Mm-hmm. And so finally they said, all right, well, Fab's available. We'll bring them in. And so John and I got to actually, do a scene together we were the two guinea pigs and we could actually get physical and so the scene was immediately so much better when we did it that way and then coincidentally he had um marvel guy i think it was kevin come down and say hi he says i want to talk to you about something you know i'm I'm debating this thing and justin thoreau who wrote it was very instrumental in getting fav to to sort of uh consider me Mm. And then when Fav sort of grasped onto the idea, we already knew each other. Thoreau and I had a history. We did theater together. Fav um, was like, yeah, let's let's do this. We're thinking about maybe one villain or maybe two villains. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with that fast-talking thing and Mickey Rourke being the kind of the muscle, mm-hmm. which kind of became uh, um, young Frankenstein in a way, <laughs> you know, Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle, you know, <laughs> and I would do all the fast talking and that's how that came to be. Yeah. yeah I'm just always curious yeah. what these connections are, you know, yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's an interesting long history of, uh, and I'm still friends with those guys, you know. Well, I love that scene, those couple of scenes in Made. I mean, the character yeah. is so funny and just the way yeah. Vince reacts to him throwing the drink no, in he, your face. No, uh, that was an improv day. <laughs> the, the, I wasn't supposed to be in that scene, and they 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 threw me in. I was just coming to say hi. But, but that led to F is for family, and, you know, it's it's a whole, you know, because we, now we've been friends for, you know, over a decade, you know. Yeah. Pete, Peter and uh, Vince and, and John, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, also wanted to talk about Heist. 
yeah which i watched again last night yeah man that's uh, a fun that's a fun one yeah i that love was... that movie i love david mamet's dialogue is like an alien language uh, <laughs> especially in that movie because it's like all of the like i don't know if that was real actual lingo amongst like robbers you know calling somebody a lame you know yeah, stuff like you know, this is that like i wouldn't be surprised if it was because um you know, Mammoth does his research, and yeah. he's such a, you know, obviously a great writer. Yeah. But working with uh, Delroy and, and uh, Ricky and, and Gene Hackman, I mean, that was just, uh, and Rebecca, you know, we had a great little love scene, prelude to a love scene. But, you know, obviously, uh, Gene Hackman, I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was, that was very cool. The, I was just going to say, like, the way the entire cast just tears into that dialogue, too. I mean, it must have just been... Yeah, delicious. You know, it was just, delicious. It was a lot of fun, man. It, 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 looking back on it, I mean, it's really a good job. You know, I yeah. just got it out of nowhere, and I just met Mamet, and I kind of was kind of cocky in the meeting, and <laughs> he gave me the job. You know, I just kind of pretended to be a badass. Yeah. yeah, just all the line readings are so good, and like, uh, you know, obviously Devito gets a lot of the great ones. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves money. That's why they call it money. Yeah, you know what yeah, that means. Yeah. That's right, Devito. Sense. That's right. I forgot about <laughs> Devito and I. <laughs> He's my uncle in that. They, yeah, like, dyed yeah. my hair black yeah. and my, had that black mustache. It was great. Yeah. I embarrassed myself in front of Delroy one time. I you did? I did, like, an impression of Delroy Lindo from Heist in front of Delroy Lindo. It Dude, that's kind of kinda the awesome. dumbest things I've ever Dude, done. Dude, that's actually one of the most awesome things you've ever done. <laughs> I embarrassed myself in front of him, too, once. Uh, well, not really. I mean, I just kind of went up to him and said, you know, I really think you should have been nominated for Cider House Rules. Mm-hmm. I was at some SAG thing, SAG Awards. Um, I think for Green Mile, and I said, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you know, thanks, man." But um, you always feel vulnerable when you do stuff like that. You know, you're like, "Yeah, hey, man," you know. Yeah, totally. You're awesome. I was just trying to explain to him like I loved this line reading he had in the movie, and then I gave him his own line reading, and I was like, "Yeah, Why did I do and that?" And he looked at you like you were from Venus or <laughs> he Mars. Def- he said something like, "That is, that is the first time someone's ever." said that to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like I bet it I'm was. sure he dug it I'm, I'm sure, sure he dug sir it. I mean it's David Manor dialogue <laughs> and it may look like I'm texting but this is literally where my yes. questions are yes of course <laughs> confessions of a dangerous mind I mean oh, that yeah. had to have been like uh, yeah, I man. guess a turning point for you in some ways you had been lead in a couple of things but this was yeah. like Clooney's I think it was his debut as a yeah. director and you played Chuck Barris the gong show host yeah potential cia operative thing yes yes and uh it, it was just uh, you know charlie kaufman's script yeah. so just talk yeah. about working with clooney on that movie and kind of getting that i guess vote of confidence that you could shoulder this whole movie for him yeah well you're right i mean i'd done a lot of i'd done a lot of leads but the movies that not a lot of people saw necessarily maybe lawn dogs box and moonlight but no mm-hmm. i'd done a lot of some other leads and nobody saw so that was kind of practice for this, in fact, there's a movie called Jerry and Tom, which did a lot of that transitional shooting, like Frankenheimer used to do, like live television that Clooney did. Mm, yeah, that sort of prepared me for this, and theater obviously prepared me. But um, you know, without Clooney and Soderbergh, I wouldn't have gotten that job. I mean, that was um, the the generosity of those two guys. You know, Clooney fought for me, and so did Soderbergh. They both. Fought for me, I wouldn't have gotten that job mm-hmm. without them. No way. Was it a? Uh, I guess it was like a it, audition situation. It was an old fashioned screen test. Yeah, with everything, with film, real film, dollies and tracks. And wow, it was a real old fashioned screen test. And um, yeah, and I didn't know there was another actor being screen tested, but but um, 
Yeah, that was a trip, man. That was I had like a week to prepare. Really? Yeah. Watched a bunch of gongs. What was shows. it like? Yeah, I was going to say, what is it like yeah. getting into that guy's headspace and just trying to figure out? It was great. I, I hung out with him a lot. I filmed him. We hung out. He loved uh, Les Paul, and uh, hmm. we would listen to Les Paul, and that's how I kind of got his movements, dancing movements. Mm-hmm. We hung out a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it, was, it was cool. I miss Chuck. I like Chuck. When did he pass? Very charming guy. Uh, he passed recently. Yeah, it seems like yeah. it was a long ago. Very recently. And I think, didn't Chuck Berry pass the same, the two Chucks around the same time? Maybe I could have that wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Another one. Uh, this one's got an anniversary this year. Yeah, what's that? Assassination of Jesse James, oh, the coward Robert Ford. You kidding, 10 years? You kidding me? That's yeah, 10 years that's 10 years ago. Oh, oh man. That's crazy <laughs> that i will say i will lavish with praise because i don't think a better film has been released since that movie was released wow i, I literally think wow. that's the best movie of the last decade at yes least, and i just i love you it you know it's a really good film isn't it i i almost didn't do that movie you know andrew dominic is a very talented guy you know chopper this is an amazing film and uh yeah yeah pitt and casey i mean that's an amazing we had some amazing people in that in that cast, you know. Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, man. Crushing it, dude. Crushing it. Beautiful Natural film. lighting. Yeah. You know, Just Paul this, this idea of doing like a Victorian Western. I'm a huge fan of the genre. So just doing a Western at the, you know, in the last throes of the yeah. era. And what, what were those icons like at that time? I just, I, just, I love that film. And I love it, too. I, you know, I, this where I became friends with Jeremy Renner. And we found a song, Good Old Rebel from uh, the Long Riders, mm. which we kind of stole, and being ex-Confederates, and we, and Renner's a good singer, and we sang it in the in the film for two seconds, mm-hmm. and Andrew mm-hmm. wanted us to kind of improvise and stuff. But yeah, I mean, so many great, you know, Garrett Dillahunt. It's, it's just a great, it's got that Sam Terrence Malick. Sam Shepard, man. <laughs> God rest his soul, man. Yeah, it's got that real, you know, sparse Terrence Malick feel to it, mm-hmm. you know. What was the experience of shooting a Western like? I always am curious about yeah, that. Yeah. Because they don't I, make a lot of them, you know? So. No, they do. I've done three of them now. And and then I just played a cowboy. I had to learn how to lasso on, on stage. And uh, that was a Sam Shepard play, actually. And um, it's it's a trip. You know, you got all the horses. It's not easy. It's, it's really tough. You're out in the middle of the desert and... You know, people get hurt. It's crazy. I mean, it's wild. I mean, Favreau and I did a, a, a Western, uh, <laughs> Cowboys and Cowboys Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. You know, we did, um, just did one with Jessica Chastain. And it's, it's you know, it's not easy. Yeah. A lot of mud. Where did you film the Chastain one, by the way? That played uh, yeah. Toronto, right? We did that. Where did we shoot that? Uh, Santa Fe. Okay. Yeah, where yeah, we shot Cowboys. a lot of them out there now. Uh, yeah. Jesse James was in Canada, right? Yeah. Largely? Alberta. Yeah. yeah Winnipeg. Um, all over the Edmonton was a, was a fun town. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I just wanted to skip a quick stone across yeah, some, dude, of those, those uh, some of those. That's awesome. Ones. That's awesome. <laughs> that's fun. That's awesome, dude. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, the new film. Martin McDonough's new film. Uh, if you loved In Bruges and uh, Seven Psychopaths, you'll love this one. I think this is his best film. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and, I, I I think it's pretty pretty great. And as I was telling you in the elevator, I I just. All the films that are coming along, there's just there's a complexity thematically in this film that I think is really potent. And I don't know if it if it taps the zeitgeist or not. It just seems like it kind of does because there's these themes of forgiveness and uh, reconciliation going on, which yeah. are interesting. Interesting. 
<clears throat> you've worked with him uh, yeah. twice now, right? Uh, yeah, twice, and then the, a play, too, so that's three times. Yeah. So him. when you read a character that Martin's written, what, what is it about his work on the page that grabs you that says, you know, are they, are they very detailed and defined, or is there a lot of room there, to create? It's kind of both. They're kind of very detailed and defined. The dialogue's all there, you know. Dialogue's amazing, like a Tarantino script or a Mammoth script, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sam Shepard script and it, but uh, he also there's room to play you know and room to interpret and uh, seems like all of the characters I've played Mervyn on uh, in the Behanding in Spokane and Billy and in, in Psychos and then Dixon and Three Billboards are all derivative of like Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver or something yeah, <laughs> for some yeah. reason or Eric Roberts and Star 80 or something <laughs> you know there's a kind of talking about Paul Schrader there's a kind of uh, loneliness to all these guys you know yeah just to set the scene, you play a racist, yeah, you know, a law enforcement officer in this little town in Missouri. Uh, Frances McDormand plays a woman who uh, is looking to get justice for her murdered daughter and doesn't believe that the uh, local police have done enough, and so she buys these three billboards to kind of shame them. And your journey with her character is what's the heart of the film, and yeah. uh, what kind of makes it so beautiful by the end. Yeah. So working with Frances, oh, what was that like? Amazing. I mean. You feel like it's you. You want to you want to raise to the you know rise to the occasion you know and be the Frazier to her Ali you know yeah, you want to yeah. like really get in. I mean she's incredible. She's a force. Yeah. You know and Woody Harrelson and you know it's just the cast is John Hawks, Peter Dinklage, you know Abby Cornish, all these people. Yeah, Joko Ivanic, this great actor mm-hmm. um, who I did a play with, plays the other the other deputy. Um, yeah. Just uh, amazing. It's kind of cool that Martin has this sort of troop of actors he's slowly assembling, yeah. like you and Woody yeah. and Abby were in Seven Psychos, and then yeah. uh, Colin Farrell was in Seven Psychos, and then in Bruges right. as well. Yeah, we got Clark Peters, Amanda, Daryl. We got um, it's, it's it's yeah, yeah. Amanda was in Seven Psychos, so he's got he's got a little bit of an ensemble. Yeah, there's a couple of directors out there that maintain that kind of thing. What's that like for you as part of this ensemble? That kind of gets back together with this artist to make a movie every once in a while. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's very fortunate to to be a part of that um that team, you know. I I'm very lucky that I that I sort of stumbled into Martin, you mm-hmm. know. A uh, long time ago. I almost did this play Pillow Man. I think Woody almost did it too. I think a couple of people almost did it. But um yeah, so I'm really fortunate yeah. Well, between working with him on stage and working with him on a film set, is there yeah other than the obvious? Is there well, you know how does he deal with you differently? Well, he was pretty quiet uh, uh, when we did the play because John Crowley was directing, who directed Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and um, but when we did Psychos and, and the and Three Billboards, he was you know he's obviously very hands on and and he but he's he he lets you play. I mean, he let me play a lot. Um, Maybe because my characters are kind of crazy. I had that experience with Frank Darabont. I think he let me play, and he didn't necessarily let other actors play. Because my character needed a little wiggle room, you know, mm-hmm. a little elbow room, because I'm playing like a crazy person. You yeah. Know? So you can't really, like, be like, okay, play a crazy person, but let's keep it in the lines, buddy. You know, you got to, like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I mean? You got to, like, be have a little leeway when you play crazy people. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Dixon's necessarily crazy, but... You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Product you of know. his environment. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Unhinged. Like, yeah. How, how did you go about preparing for a role like that in terms of meeting people, meeting cops or anything I like that? I met a couple you- cops. Yeah, I met um, 
I met a couple of cops. I met one um, Deemer in L.A. who Woody was with. I think Casey uh, did a ride along with him. And then I met a couple of Missouri cops and ta- had them tape my lines. My my dialect coach Liz Himmelstein found these cops in Southern Missouri. We had we had to have some conversations. Like I, I emailed with Francis and and Martin. Like where are we gonna? Where is this imaginary Missouri town gonna be? Is it gonna be? southern or northern because there's a big difference in the way they talk and so we sort of agreed that it would generally would be southern missouri and then i then i knew what i had to find and so it was cool to go down there to southern missouri i did a ride along mm-hmm. um this beautiful guy and he he uh introduced me to all these all these guys and um you know and so that was really cool that was really uh influenced a lot about the characters do you, you feel know. a sort of pressure though? Whenever I mean, this is this is a very complex character, and obviously yeah. it's take, it takes place in a fictional Missouri town, in the unrest out of Ferguson. That is obviously yeah. just playing on the fringes of this film. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, do, does that provide a sense of pressure to make sure that you're not painting a caricature? Absolutely, like that? and that's why I went down there. You know, I mean, Martin wrote this before Ferguson, but um, I did I did feel kind of obliged to find out the real story a little bit and i asked those guys a lot of questions you mm-hmm. know and uh you know the bottom line is i didn't see racism down there i mean i didn't i i saw a lot of stuff but i didn't um but i it, obviously it exists and and so you know my job i didn't need to go to missouri to play this part i mean it mm-hmm. just helped me personally i wanted i had the time and i wanted to do it but you know um the the Dixon's journey is important, I think, to that topic. I, I, you know, and I I think it does say something. I'm not sure what quite what it says, but that's what's so enig- enigmatic about the script. I think it doesn't it doesn't even seem like it's actively trying to say something to you. Like it's trying to yeah. dictate something. It it just the way that the themes and the characters and all the interplay comes together. It just leaves you with this sense. Yeah, and I, I don't even know how you put a word to it, but. Yeah, you could you could put a bunch of labels. You could put you know feminism and you know um, racism and anti. You could put a lot of labels these days, um, anti violence and you know. But it, it it's just really at the end of the day, it's a really entertaining and potent yeah. uh, screenplay, yeah. you know, and movie. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, just wanted to touch on yeah. a couple other things real quick. You are literally leaving here to go do some costume stuff for your new, new film. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's George right. George W. Bush. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam McKay's film. I was just in Telluride, so I was hanging out with Christian Bale, who's oh, yeah. on the pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the eyebrows. Man, <laughs> I just saw him. Yeah, he looks good, man. What uh, what thoughts do you have? I mean, you haven't started yet, but what thoughts do you have going into that where you're going to play this character? You know, uh, just trying to, trying to sort of... Um, well, it's a great script that Adam wrote, and I'm just trying to pay uh, respect to uh, the story and what he's trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And 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 I really, I find in watching George Bush, George W. Bush constantly on, and listening to him, I for the last two months, I find him to be actually a very charming guy, and you know, obviously nowadays, you know, he seems even more charming, but <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm having a I'm having a good time doing the research. It's really fun. I sure. I assume you saw that thing. I don't even know where it was written, but yeah, after the inauguration speech, supposedly he leaned over and said that was some weird shit. 
Which, was that with the poncho moment after the poncho? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the like, like, like yeah. after after he after his whole his whole like you know basically should have had just tanks surrounding him or something. And Bush was like that was some weird shit. That's funny. And uh, we mentioned Ethan. You're working with yeah. Ethan on this film Blaze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did we did uh, Stevie's on and Linklater and I did like a little three day cameo. What was that like? We were there very briefly. It was we were just there to kind of help uh, support Ethan in Baton Rouge, and uh, mm-hmm. we had a good time. Um, Ethan, Mate. I hear the movie's really good, and he got these two. He's got a couple of real musicians, you know, uh, Sexton, and a couple of really good musicians playing the parts, and it's a cool story. Yeah. When you, when you do you know about the real guy? I don't know the guys. Yeah, yeah, it's cool story. When I started to look into it, and he's got like an unknown playing him, right? Yeah, like, uh, like the guy's actor, really yeah. good uh, singer musician, and um, he gets it, man. Those guys were pretty damn good, and Josh Hamilton's in it, and Ethan does some interesting stuff as a director. I yeah, think. this is really a good one for him. I think he really, I think he just found the right guy, and then he was able to tell the story. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't found the right guy, he couldn't have done it. I think. Yeah, yeah. And then something I stumbled across when I was just looking into your yeah. your CD history <laughs> was uh, indeed. Private detective's assistant. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that, a gig you had? Yeah, that's a long time ago. What's, yeah. what's, what's the most interesting thing that happened on that? We tailed a chick who was having an affair, and tried to videotape or something. It was really sleazy. <laughs> they got paid fifty bucks. Where was that? Um, that was upstate New York or something. I was studying acting. One of my fellow acting students um, got me into it. I, I but they, I I kept not getting paid, and so I was like, all right, this isn't. You know, it was kind of boring. A lot of it. That was the most exciting thing that happened. Did you uh, retain? And stuff I felt kind of sleazy after. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, maybe it helped your acting career. Maybe in it helped my strange acting way, career. Yeah, yeah. Observing yeah. behavior. Yeah. And it's then yeah. I wanted to close by talking about Phil Hoffman. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. Philip Seymour Hoffman directed you in a play, The Last Days of Judas Iscariot. Yeah. And uh, huge loss, obviously. But what was uh, working with Phil Hoffman like? Well, you know, he was really. Um, he was pretty amazing. I mean, I, I miss him, like, oh, I think almost every day. You know, he was really, uh, he was a great director, I'll tell you that. And anybody who worked on that play will tell you that. I mean, he was like a, he was like a, kind of like Bobby Knight meets Sidney Lumet. I mean, mm-hmm. he was like, he was like a wrestling coach and a very sensitive, actor-friendly director. He he was really, you know, he, he, he talked his talk, but he walked the walk. And mm-hmm. he demanded a lot of you and. But he was very nurturing, and I, you know, in, in the program when I did Fool for Love, I dedicated it to Phil um, because every time I get on stage, I think about Phil, and, and a lot of times when I get in front of a camera too, you know, Phil was the was you know we were kind of like you know after it was you know Billy Crudup and Jeffrey Wright and Leah, you know, it's like I think our generation, you know, Brolin and Ruffalo, you know, we kind of go. I mean, I would know Billy and I were kind of like, well, what do we, what do we do now? You know, mm. what do we do now? Go, who are we gonna? You know, it's like that documentary, like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson documentary. You ever see that mm-hmm. Thirty for Thirty? Mm-hmm. And they kind of upped each other's game. Mm-hmm. There was this beautiful, healthy competition between them, and it was kind of like that with Phil. Like I, when I would see Phil do something, I'd be like, oh shit, man, I gotta, I gotta step it up, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because Phil's bringing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he didn't phone it in. He didn't want to phone it in. 
It didn't matter the project either. I mean, something like Twister, he's like... Yeah, no, he's on. He's all in, dude. He's <laughs> yeah. always all in, you know, son of a woman. But when you saw him on stage, man, I mean, he did Willie Loman or True West. I mean, you know, John C. Riley will tell you. I mean, he... Yeah. And John, John C. Riley's no joke. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's a real deal. And... um but Phil was just, he would not, eight times a week, you know, on stage, he would not phone it in. You know, he would he would bring it. And that takes a toll on you, yeah. you know. The thing about that that really sucks is just when you lose someone in their prime, it's like how many great Phil Hoffman Dude, performances have we not gotten? So, yeah, it's just like. it's Yeah, it's really sad. I sort of felt the same way about Gene Hackman. I mean, when he retired, it's like, that was that's over a decade ago. And it's like. Yeah, <clears throat> he was ready. He was, I mean. He was ready. I, he was tired. I, I, have say, he was tired. I have to say, like, dude, you, you've earned it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. You can quit. But like, you know, it's just like, man, we could have got some more good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. me being selfish. Though. No, he was. He was. <laughs> I remember he was considering the Wes Anderson thing. Um, uh-huh. uh, the Tenenbaum. Tenenbaums, yeah. and he was like, "I'm tired." And I'm like, "Dude, have you seen Rushmore? That's a damn good movie. You might want to check it out." You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying he did it because of me, but. I think there's a lot of people who probably said to him, "You need to see Rushmore." <laughs> yeah, and he ended up doing the movie, you know. But um, and then that just finished him. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> Maybe and that, that was just it. That was it. No, he, then he did. He did something with Owen Wilson too around that time with, with the. Oh, there was a military something military thing. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, some kind of like uh, action. Behind enemy lines. I think yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just tired. He was working a lot. You know, yeah. he was tired. Well, he was great in heist. He was great in heist, man. Great in heist. Yeah. yeah. Well, the movie is called uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It opens November 10th. Nice. So you should go see it. It's fantastic. I think it's Sam's best performance. So Dude, congratulations, thanks, man. Sir. Thanks a lot. Oh, right on. High five. High five, man. High five right on. on the podcast. Thanks for coming on the show, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks Appreciate a lot. It. And again, everyone, stick around after this for a dive into the Oscar season with Janelle Riley. We'll be right back after this. So, Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter, Angela, was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? Dixon, I'm in the middle of my goddamn Easter dinner. Sorry, kids. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. Sunshine beating on a good time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. Time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. We've had two official complaints about those billboards. From who? The lady with a funny eye. A lady with a funny fucking eye? And a fat dentist. There's a lot of good friends of Willoughby in this town this day. Ow! You didn't happen to drill a little hole in the dentist today, did you? Of course not. Huh? I said, of course not. I'm sorry about Angie, but the town is dead set against these billboards. You know who threw that can? What can? How about you, sweetheart? Uh, no, I, I didn't really... Go, girl. Hey, fuckhead! What? Don't say what, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a fuckhead! Before you keep a case in the public eye, the better your chances are getting it solved. And when I see the sun. You know, if you hadn't stopped coming to church, you'd have a little bit more understanding of people's feelings. All this anger, man. It just begets greater anger. In three, two, one. And as sad as the spectacle of these billboards might be. This reporter, for one, hopes this finally puts an end to the strange saga. 
of the three billboards outside. Just put an end to shit, you fucking retard. This is just a fucking start. Why don't you put that on your Good Morning Missouri fucking wake up broadcast, bitch? All right, we're back. I'm here with uh, Variety's. Tell me again. Oh my goodness! Deputy awards, <laughs> awards and, and features, features editor. editor. Yes, Janelle Riley. We uh, we're going to talk about the season, which we haven't done all year. I it's, know it's it, exciting. It's it's. I think it's better to space these out because you would agree, right? We we kind of no, started just I think talking that about the same stuff. Everyone wants to hear week. me talking every day, all day. Well, that goes without yeah. saying. Yeah. but for <laughs> our purposes. No, uh, so you know, diving into the season, we've got our awards launch issue. This, this week. week with Kate Winslet on the cover for Woody Allen's new film Wonder Wheel. And uh, it's a weird year. And I feel it's like we, very weird we say this, you know, a lot, yeah. but it really computes this time. I mean, even, you know, just coming out of the award, the uh, festival season, the early fall festival season, there's no front runner. Certainly there's not even it doesn't even seem like it's this movie versus that movie versus that movie. Like last year we had the Manchester Moonlight La La Land thing. We don't even really have that. I no. think we have. I think everyone agrees Dunkirk is probably sure. the most muscular contender. Mm-hmm. I think movies like Darkest Hour are pretty strong. Really? For yeah, best picture? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just it's it's meticulously crafted and it's just gonna could be old school thinking, by the way. Yes. This gets into my old my column this week about you know, twenty percent of this academy has joined in the last two years. That's fifteen hundred new members, uh, assuming they all accepted their invitation. <laughs> Does anyone ever not accept? <laughs> uh, my thank heroes. You, thank you. Really? Like who? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think anyone ever says no. But uh, you can bank on about 1,400 new members. And that, that's wow, drastic. That's insane. I mean, yeah. That's a drastic. But, but they're more of like a younger generation, Younger aren't they? and Which is... very internationalized. Like there's just, uh, they make a big show of the fact that I think 57 countries they invited people wow. from 57 countries. So, you know. This is why I think movies like Three Billboards and Florida Project could, mm-hmm. I don't want to say surprise, because I think they're both in the race, but mm-hmm. I could see one of those winning. Yeah, I mean, and then movies like Get Out, by the way. Sure. They could come back. Yes. and and All uh, these movies from earlier in the year, Get Out, Big Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I mentioned Logan mm-hmm. and Dunkirk came out earlier. We're really seeing, like, people are going to have to have longer memories than they're used to. Yeah. And the other thing that drives me crazy as a columnist is I don't see any... Trends. trends. I know, it's so hard. <laughs> you need to find an example of three films that add up to yeah, something. Right? It's really hard. Even that. It's, 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 but let's see. We've got Shape of Water won the Venice Prize. Mm-hmm. That's Guillermo del Toro's new film. I'm not as hot on it as everyone else, but his autourism certainly shines through, and there are diehearted yeah. devotees of that film that think it's his best work. So I also think Sally Hawkins stands out because she doesn't speak. Absolutely. Which, you know, it sounds odd, but there's so many great women vying for Best Actress this year. Mm-hmm. In a way, it sort of, you know, puts her out there as, as being somewhat different. You know, all those other women talk too much. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's It's... Yeah, th- that I guess that's one story. Is the best actress category is nuts. It is nuts, I mean, and so like, many great performances. Yeah, Frances McDormand and Three Billboards. You know, she doesn't do much press, but I, she's going to get in regardless. I think. I love Saoirse Ronan and Lady Bird. I love that movie so. much. I love Lady Bird. The, see, Lady Bird is another movie that I feel like with a younger voting audience mm-hmm. could you know actually win some big prizes. Yeah, um, and you know Greta did such a great job with that she's directed before as a co-director but uh there's people that think that that movie's not a i mean obviously it's not a sure thing best picture not many few things are but i feel like 
People stronger about it than it. other people yes. do, I guess. People is what dismiss I'm it as slight, which is really deceptive. That. It is not slight at all. And Greta Gerwig talks a lot about how it, the story is not autobiographical. Yes, mm-hmm. she did grow up in Sacramento, et cetera, et cetera. I got to tell you, that movie is autobiographical to me. That is my story as <laughs> a high school theater I saw myself in a lot of it, too. I mean, Absolutely. Like, there's something yeah. about the time period, too. I think it takes place, what, 2002 yeah. or something? Oh, I thought it was 90s, but I could be wrong. Maybe, again, this I, is me I, making it well, autobiographical. I, I graduated high school in 99, so I, yeah. I, I, I think. I think it takes place a little bit after that, and it just—I saw a lot of familiar stuff yeah. in it. I mean, the Timothy Chalamet character in that—he's fantastic. Is, yeah, I'm like, I know that guy. I've seen that guy. Speaking around. of Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> "Call Me by Your Name" yes is another movie that everybody seems very, very high on. One of the most critically claimed films of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic in that. He's fantastic. Army Hammer is fantastic. Michael Stuhlbarg. Chalamet just there's something about the way he inhabits his space yeah. as an actor that there's like a. I guess there's a confidence there. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about how he carries himself physically as a performer that I find really captivating. And how old is he? Because I think he's a lot for a nomination. Super young. Do yeah. you? I do. I yeah, do. I think he's like 20, I don't know, early 20s. Let's I think he and Gary Oldman are, are pretty much our locks. And I know... Um, well, isn't I mean, it a race to lose to Gary Oldman at this point? <laughs> well, you know, the Phantom Thread trailer dropped today. And a lot of people are like, Gary Oldman is sweating right now because, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is know, in a man. new movie. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little skeptical to him. really going to give Daniel Day-Lewis a fourth Oscar. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But the last time, not the last time. Chalamet is 21 years old, by the way. Oh, wow. Years ago, when Gary Oldman was kind of campaigning for the contender, it sort of got mucked up well, politically. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that there's there's the idea of will his personal politics become any kind of an issue i guess uh you know yeah that whole situation is a whole other thing but again there again you know the, the academy has shifted mm-hmm. considerably and, and it was a long time ago that was a long time yeah. ago and plus as long as you're not a trump republican i think you're okay exactly exactly at this point. it's so funny like you've met gary oldman in person right yeah. he seems like such a sweet easygoing guy the funniest story I, I interviewed him for Tinker Taylor. I went to his hotel room. It was like, you know, a junket thing or mm-hmm. something. It was like 85 degrees in the room. And I was like, kind of kind of toasty, huh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I like to keep it warm. I felt like I was in Dracula's castle. <laughs> like I expected there to be like just a blazing fire behind him. But yeah, he's the best. And he's amazing in that movie. Yeah. He, he, he's a beast. He's fantastic. And, and I don't think it's unwarranted either. No. It's, you know, someone, someone might say, oh, he's chewing the scenery, but... Playing Winston He's Churchill. Winston Churchill. <laughs> By the way, if there are any actors out there who want to win a Tony, do play Winston Churchill before the deadline. Yeah, right. Because Winston Churchill is going to win, <laughs> win the this Emmy year. this year. It's going to win the Oscar next year. So get that Tony in there. You know, Gary Oldman, um, no one had ever told him that he was referenced on The Simpsons. When uh, Homer says, <laughs> who should play me in a movie? And Bart says, I don't know, Dan Aykroyd. And Homer starts choking him and says, do obvious should be Gary Oldman. <laughs> and I told him that, like, I guess during Tinker Taylor also. And he was like so tickled and I was like why has no one told you this <laughs> is he a Simpsons fan somehow apparently not because uh, he not didn't a, not know. a big enough fan yeah. Yeah. Um, looking at the other actress contenders there's uh, Annette Benning with another shot on goal you think that's happening I think it, it you know I'll be, I haven't seen the movie I just haven't heard any buzz on her she's good she, well, she's, she's fantastic she's good and she's they, they picked good. up the film they picked up the film specifically to get her. Yeah. I would really race. like to see so. it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, she's playing Gloria Graham, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Bell's great in the movie, though. Jamie Bell's really always Really underrated great. in that. Yeah. Margot Robbie and I, Tanya is a huge story this year. I Margot Robbie. Uh, she, you know, I guess there's the glam of it all, but she's just, it's a fascinating character to play. I 
have some problems with the movie myself. I think it kind of makes light. But she's amazing, don't you think? She and is. I think Allison Janney is probably the front runner for a supporting actress for that film. Do you think so? I do. I, bet, I do. For lack of better contenders, because There's I mean she's fantastic in the movie, but yeah. it's just like. But I mean, who who is in that category? It strikes me as a weird winner. I guess. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see that, but you know, uh, she is Allison Janney also. Like, there, there are two other. Fun moms in that category. There's Laurie yes. Metcalf and Lady Bird and Holly Hunter and the Big Sick, both of whom I love. They're both great. Yeah, I uh, you know you know Big Sick is probably my favorite movie of the year. I'm a huge huge fan of it, so I would love to see it get nominated across the board. I'm a little bummed there isn't more buzz on Ray Romano for that movie. He's so I good. think he's fantastic. The Forrest Gump joke is like gives me life. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Best actor, you know, uncharacteristically thin. Uh, there's Jake Gyllenhaal, who's fantastic and strong. He's stronger. so good. Yeah, and and one of his best performances. And Which really, is saying a lot, honestly. Really, it is, especially lately. Uh, he's the way that movie was shot is really intriguing to me too. I just think it's got interesting visual ideas for. A movie that's kind of familiar in some ways, or a story. It's interesting. People who haven't seen it aren't really aware that there's this whole, I don't even know, want to say subplot, plot about, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the price of fame mm-hmm. and being shoved into the spotlight. And when I tell them that, they get a lot more interested in mm-hmm. it because they think it's just, you know, they think it's going to be one thing, which is good. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's so much more. And he is he is so fantastic. Tatiana Maslany I was just going to say, the, his chemistry with her, and she's yeah. fantastic, but like the... Just right treating, treating that relationship in a different kind of way. That, that mm-hmm. seemingly familiar relationship we've seen in movies before a different way is really Another good. interesting mother in the supporting actress yeah. category, Miranda Richardson. Indeed. You think she's a contender? I would like to, but... I feel like um, she needed a couple more scenes. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I was hoping to hear other people talking about her as well, yeah. and, I, and I haven't. Uh, I would know. just be happy for Jake to get nominated, because what does the man have to do? At this point, to get another nomination, I mean, Nightcrawler was one of the best performances I've I seen agree. in ten years. I don't know. I still don't know what happened there. Me either. Christian Bale has a performance. Did you see Hostiles? I haven't yet? seen Hostiles. He's, no. he's really good. Of in course the movie. he is. He always is. Yeah. yeah. He learned Cheyenne and all, you know all all the the things. Is it definitely coming out this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They find they, they found a distributor, the uh, Myron Allen's company. They had a. It was, it was like between them and Netflix and the theatrical of it all was important. To, of course. I mean, like, just based on what I heard, you want to see that movie you, on a big you'd screen. You'd like to see this yeah. sprawling Western on a big screen. And Christian's great. Rosamund Pike's really good. She's Yeah, she's. I've heard great things about both of them. And that's, that's going to be uncharted territory in terms of a campaign, too, because it's not like Byron Allen's company came in and all their people are campaigning. Right. They had a campaign... Uh, structure in place and they're allowing them to just kind of put together their own team and keep going forward so it's kind of like we're distributing the movie but you deal with that mm-hmm. and that's uh, uh, it's going to be something interesting to watch unfold Denzel Washington uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire I've not seen it I would also not, really like to see it not the it's... best uh, title in the world <laughs> but <laughs> but it's Dan Gilroy the guy Dan Gilroy I liked so. it it didn't do great in Toronto they apparently are recutting it I don't really know That's what so interesting because, you know, um, it didn't seem like there was a great response for some movies that re- other festivals responded really strongly to. What do you mean? Well, like Downsizing. Didn't it go to Venice yeah, and get Fantastic in, yeah. in, in Venice. And then Telluride, people were like, ah. And then by the time it got to Toronto, which they had not even planned to go to originally. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. The, the reviews started just kind of 
sloping down. I uh, really like that movie. Did so you? I did. I liked it a lot. Now, what did you think of the Hong Chow of it all? I thought she was fantastic. Uh, but, I think it's a problematic role. Yeah. But um, this is probably uh, there's probably too much to go into here. Yeah, <laughs> unless yeah. Unless you have half an hour. But uh, it's interesting. I heard someone say she's both the best and the worst thing about the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you know they have problems with the representation of the character, but they're also glad you know she's being represented and mm-hmm. what as an actress she's fantastic she's i mean yeah. i loved her in the movie yeah me uh, too i think you she's can't, you can't really great you know if she was a writer on the movie maybe, maybe you'd feel differently about all of it but it just you can't get it out of your head that you know a white guy wrote this role and i think you know the, uh, in fairness it was two white guys the, <laughs> the think pieces are on their way i think oh boy <laughs> prepare yourself <laughs> What else do we want to look well, at? Well, as here? a half Asian woman, I thought she was fantastic. Well, there we go. <laughs> the demographic has spoken. That's <laughs> the demographic. Let's talk about Get Out. Actually, yeah, you know, it just led the Gotham Awards nominations, which was, was really such cool. a pleasant surprise. Uh, I don't think yeah. I was even thinking about it being in the mix. There. Well, people have been talking about it, but I didn't know how real it was. Well, I mean, for that specifically, yeah. because it's like. I wouldn't have expected those committees to go, oh, get out. You know, you'd expect good time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so that was kind of cool. And the movie made it. It's it's like Universal has it teed up. Yeah. And they've got a critically acclaimed movie. Probably, I mean, arguably the most critically acclaimed. It's 99% on Rotten Tomatoes wow. with like over 200 reviews. Made a ton of money. Everyone huge saw box it. office story. My mother saw it. <laughs> Did she like it? She didn't really understand it, <laughs> but <laughs> she admired it. I need to way. watch it again, actually, because I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, we had Jordan on the show back when it came out. Yeah. And and it, by the way, he is a good he is his own best advocate. He's out there, you know, at festivals and screenings and talking. And yeah, yeah that will go a long way. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a shot. I mean, I still my instinct is best picture feels hard. What about screenplay? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's in for screenplay. And, you know, I would love to see Catherine Keener. Oh, I know. Just show up. And I'm sorry, the, um, the actress, the other supporting Allison actress. Allison Williams? No, no, no the no. Uh, Betty, is her, is her name Betty? I'm so sorry. Betty Gabriel. Betty Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's great, too. Did I, who, who's the, the, the girl from Girls? Allison Williams. It, Williams is, yes. okay. That looked weird in my head when I was picturing I know the words what you mean. Allison it sound Williams. Right. Yeah. I was like, that sounds no, too it's Allison Williams. But that's Allison. Yeah. Uh, all three of them are great. Um, but Catherine Keener feels like the kind that could really. Sure, beloved character actress. Hey, another mom. The villain. Another, <laughs> this, mom. another mom. Hey, spoiler alert. I think there's two people who haven't seen the movie yet. Well, you're, why are you listening to this <laughs> podcast? What did you think of Battle of the Sexes? I really liked it. People had kind of undersold it to me as saying, oh, it's entertaining. But it really moved me. I thought the performances were fantastic. It went to places I didn't expect. I I am a little surprised. Like, I think people are talking about it, but maybe we just take, you know, good storytelling for granted. I kind of feel like going to bat for that one this year. Really? Because, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I saw it in Telluride. Uh, I... It was more emotional than I anticipated. Same, yeah. It was the, the the visual storytelling, like the way it was shot. Oscar-winning La La Land DP, Lena Sangren shot this as well. Uh, when she's falling in love with the yeah. character played by Andrea Riseborough, just all of that was handled so perfectly. And I thought Steve Carell was just like... I thought he was fantastic. He was used properly in doses. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? Like, So I really liked that movie. And it's it seemed like the reviews were... What, like in the 80s or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, think anyone disliked it, but I thought people would be more passionate. Or I feel like people sort of undersold. I felt that way about a few movies this year, though. 
such as um, Wonderstruck. I loved Wonderstruck. Yeah, we, yeah you we didn't like it. There. <laughs> I was so charmed by it. Love the score, though. Oh yeah. I mean, can Carter Burwell finally win? Has he been nominated? Carter Burwell? Yeah. I thought he'd been nominated for all the Coen Brothers movies. Nope. No. Okay. Let's double so check that. Sad. I think maybe he has one nomination. One. Oh, that's that's. And I think so it might have been. Actually, I don't even think it was True Grit. I think his stuff was rendered. Oh, it was last year, two years ago. Sorry for Carol, obviously. Oh yes, um, which was wonderful. Music. Maybe part of the issue with Battle of the Sexes is that it's coming from Fox Searchlight, which has two hardcore contenders with Shape of Water and uh, three, three Billboards. billboards yeah. Um, although I don't feel like they've given it short shrift. No, yeah. I mean they—they, they, I guess they put it out where they thought it had the best chance of connecting, but the box office mm-hmm. was not great. It's yeah. like ten million or something. Really? That's really disappointing. Yeah. And I think Three Billboards opens early November. Yeah. Yeah. See, that is a movie that I felt like I loved so much. I felt like it was made for me, but I didn't know if other people would like it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved and it I, I so don't, much. I, I'm not a huge fan of Martin McDonald's I movies, am. but this one kind of blew me away. We have, you know, Sam Rockwell is the guest, the interview guest Probably on this Probably the front episode. runner. Him or Willem Dafoe, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. The two yeah. of them are at the top. Um, it just... Uh, that arc that he has yeah. to, to, to play, it's like rare. And he's never really gotten a chance to do no, that kind I, of a thing No, he before. should have been nominated for Moon. I thought he yeah. would definitely be nominated for Conviction. Like, it came up in my time hop from seven years ago. Really? Where I was like, sure thing, Sam Rockwell. This one just plays into all of his strengths. Yeah. I mean, he, he can be big and he goes small in scenes. And it's just, it's really cool. Can I so. actually promote um, that Uh-oh. I will be doing a Q&A with Variety and AFI on November 14th with Sam Rockwell and Mark McDonough talking about their collaboration over the years? Come on out, Los Angeles people. <laughs> Please. Um, gosh, there's so many other things to, to touch on, but I. I oh, feel, I just thought I of a funny like... kind of pun. We're talking about tough mothers in the supporting actress category. Mm-hmm. What about Melissa Leo? I was going to yes. say the same thing. There's a, there's a mother of another sort. She's yeah. good in that. That's she a good is movie. Damn good. Uh, again, part of like a massive Sony classic stable. But I I uh, I liked that movie. I did like it a lot. I like the score. I, I like. I mean, all the, the uh, sorry, the screenplay. Yeah. And the lead. Novitiate. Novitiate. Yes. yes. What's, what's the Margaret lead's name? Quali or Quali. She's so good. She's really good. And you know, I just saw her in, this is so random, but Death Note. <laughs> um, and she's quite good in that, too. Speaking of trends earlier, I did have an idea earlier this year that there's a lot of love stories in play. Oh, interesting. And that's an interesting one. Yeah. In that, yeah. you know, thought. I guess uh, you know her her love story with God, if you will, mm-hmm. and it's it's I, that's a really interesting little movie, and I hope it gets some love. Does Novitiate pass the Bechdel test if they're talking about God? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, unless you're just assuming God's a guy, yeah. So, what else? What else? Mudbound. Mudbound's pretty great. Sundance film coming back around for release. Uh, played Toronto. Mary J. Blige, Mary J. another mother She's who's great. probably a lock for uh, supporting now, actress. Now, of those three supporting actors, Jonathan Banks, Garrett Hedlund, and Jason Mitchell, what's to stand out for you? Jason Mitchell. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's. I mean, there. I love. I, I really like Garrett. Would be a lead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't I mean, know. I don't know. Maybe I should double check with them yeah. how they're doing it. But uh, I think Jason Clark. I also is think the lead, Jason Mitchell was robbed for a nomination for Straight Outta Compton. He was awesome in that. Yeah. It was fun to talk to him that year, too, because he was just loving life. So enthusiastic, and he's still loving life, it seems like. He's also in Detroit. I mean, is that going to come back around? I think so, don't you? Mm. I mean, in some categories. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, it was a difficult one to write about at the time because yeah. I had some issues with the movie, and but then I, my my I settled on. Look, I don't know. I mean, this is a different academy, so who knows how this will land? But but maybe, bad date, lost money. Yeah. You know, it's just. But it'll get screeners out there early. Yeah, I feel like some of those performances, you know, could get some traction. They're pretty hard to ignore. Yeah. Um. So much respect for Catherine Bigelow in the industry. Like, who knows? I love this film. First, they killed my father. Speaking of female directors, yeah, uh, it's Angelina really Jolie. good. You saw it, yeah? Isn't yeah. it great? Like, it's really good. And you know, I talked to her about it, um, saying that you know it was it was hard for me to go into mm-hmm. because I don't like seeing children in peril. Yeah. And she said it's actually of the movie she's made her her children's favorite. Really? And she's like, kids are more resilient than we think. And it's true. <laughs> like, look at it. Like, I, I have trouble watching <laughs> it. First they killed my father. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, you know, it's tough to see kids in peril. But I remember reading it when I was 12 years old, and I didn't have a problem then. Yeah. It's only when you get older and you have children of your own or, you know, it, it means something different to you. Um, and honestly, I like, I don't want to give anything away. But first they killed my father ultimately is a very inspiring tale. Yeah. And the photography, I think, is the best of the year. Stunning. Anthony Mantle yeah. is the DP on that. Not to bore Janelle with Below oh, the Line Oh, are you bringing talk. up Below the Line people? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a little inside joke for the long-time listeners. We're coming up on 20 minutes, uh, and we barely scratched the surface. But that's kind of like a setting of the table, I guess, if you will, for this Oscar season. So we'll reconfab yeah. in a couple of weeks we and see where we're at. we got the Post week. coming. The Spielberg movie yes. is coming. Uh, interesting role for Tom Hanks playing Ben Bradley because he's a very gruff uh, temperamental mm-hmm. character, so seeing Tom Hanks play that, that's going to be fun. Well, and then obviously, Tom Hanks have to do to get nominated? <laughs> yeah, can't get arrested. Again, same same with Meryl Streep, his yeah. co-star in the film. Like She, she can't even see <laughs> When to, will she get her due? She's going to get that fourth Oscar. <laughs> but uh, she plays Catherine Graham, publisher of the Washington Post in that movie, and it's about the uh, Pentagon Papers. Uh, what else is coming? Oh, All the Money in the World. Paul Thomas Anderson's film. All the Money in the World, I can't wait to see. I'm so curious. That trailer's so cool, and that story is so weird and fascinating. We disagree on the trailer. We do? uh, Well, I just think using the the song Money is a little on the nose. Money? Isn't that the song they used? No, they used uh, Time of the Season. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Please edit this out if I'm wrong. No, I'm leaving I don't need more people (laughs) screaming at me on Twitter. Now I'm trying to picture the trailer with Money. Like the Pink Floyd song Money? Is that in there? Maybe I watched a fan cut. Who knows? That would have been cool. Yeah. But they use time of the season in the yes. trailer that I'm familiar with. No, I'm very excited for the movie, but you know, it, it they made it so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were they finished shooting like mid August. Yeah, I get a little anxious when I see lots of prosthetics, but what I've seen so far actually looks good. And speaking of, you know, rapping recently, who knows if Eastwood's movie will pop right? out there? Like, I mean, I've heard that it will be ready if everyone involved is ready to. It wants to put it out. Mm-hmm. So. Do we even know what it's about, really? Yeah, it's about the th- the three guys on the train in Paris that uh, subdued the would-be terrorist attack on that train from Brussels to uh, France. Oh, wow. And he cast the real-life guys. You're kidding. As the characters. Oh, but, wait, but, yes, of course. But the story is this. more about their childhood and yeah. how they grew up together. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get yeah. out of Clint uh, other than under-budget <laughs> and, 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 and on time yes. so we'll see if that makes it but anyway we'll we'll check back later that that's what we got going on right now janelle thanks for coming on thanks for having chat me about it now we can put a rest to those rumors that we're feuding <laughs> are there are there rumors no feuding? i just made that up oh, but okay. like a couple people have asked like we should put that out there be on yeah i don't really know. like her she's gonna you know <laughs> anyway we'll check we'll check back in a few weeks thanks janelle